How wigs? High wigs. This week we got a big old fucking show for you. Yeah, that's so big. It's so big. There's a special guest. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's my husband. Nick. Nick. Yeah, <laughs> and we talk about all sorts of stuff you're not going to believe, but especially the queen of pop, Madonna. I'm bringing all my Madge knowledge to the table. Okay. This is Wigs and Weiss. So back to Ocean's 8. <laughs> Frigid Farrah can be used to help people understand how to be intimate with a partner. No. Um, a little tangent off of that. We watched All the Money in the World while I fell asleep halfway through. Now Sorry. he's the poppy, champagne poppy. No, he's not talking about her <laughs> vagina. Very first, Mr. Jack. And Annabelle. And now we have to find out about the nun? Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck Go fuck nun. yourself. Yeah, fuck that nun. You guys want to know other stuff we like? Anna, be holding your mom. She told me I was starving my face. And I think that there are lunatics that are going to bring their sex dolls out to Fridays. Oh, for sure. And be like, she'll have the margarita, but not too many, because then she starts talking back. I'm about to burp. Oh, wait. Is it? Oh, all right. I'm sorry. Uncooked, but not raw. Uncooked, but not raw. Chew on that for a minute, because I don't know how it could be one without the other. Throw me off a balcony. I can't live in this world anymore. And it's not nice, and I don't appreciate it. So, Lindy, no. Clandy? Clandy star? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Gay swans in Austria attacked humans to protect their adopted baby. Stop it. A colorful plastic cup. Do you understand that that story <laughs> took more twists than Ocean's Eight did? <laughs> you're in your hospital bed, just woke up. It's Thursday. You're like, two wigs and wines? It's two wigs and wines day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is Wigs and Wines. That's how it works. I've been on this side before. Hi, guys. Hi, hi, Wigs. Hi, Wigs. Um, welcome to Wigs and Weiss. I haven't named this track, um, so I'm going to do that real quick. That's going to be Josh's um, birthday present is a new thingamajig. Uh, well, he already knows. It's from my parents. Anyway, we have a, we have a very special guest. Oh, my breath is okay. Is it? It's fine. This is it? Wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is it. This is it. This is wigs and wives. Um. <laughs> not to let not to let you down. Or He's anything. more impressed. It's yeah. more casual than I thought. Very casual. I thought you guys would be across from each other at a table for some reason. Uh, well, I well, he usually sits over there. But usually chairing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did, I did not picture that. So that extra voice you guys hear right now Hi. is my. Husband. They're hey. married. The hey. Nick I always talk about, the one that I'm always like, he's so dreamy and funny. It's Such a great head of hair. It's me. Hair. It's, it's him. Me. He's here this Taking week. Taking my hair out of its bun right now and letting <laughs> it down. Long, long overdue, but it's because we were waiting for a very special occasion, and that occasion is the release of Madame X, Madonna's new album. Her 14th. 14th. See, we're already getting into facts mm -hmm. I didn't know. But we will be talking more about that in our middle segment. But before we do, welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you here. We're so happy to have you. Um, uh, can you give us three fun Nini... Uh, so first of all, I call him Nini. Yeah. Uh, that's not one of the fun facts, though. <laughs> but can you, can you give us three fun facts about you? For our audience at home, outside of me calling you Nini and you being married to Paul. Three fun Great facts question. about me. Uh, so I am currently working for YouTube stars, the Try Guys. Yay! Yay. 
I have a side gig writing food stories for Westways Magazine for all those AAA members out there. Yay! And what's a third fun fact about me? Cute Um, tush. Very cute tush. Cute tush. Yay! Yay! (laughs) He also has an awesome Instagram feed called Rough Eats. R-U-F-F Eats. L-A. L-A. Thank you for the shout out. Of course. Um, Josh and I got a, a great recommendation for lunch off of Rough Eats on Saturday because we're lame and we don't know what's going on in the city. And they asked me, and I was like, ask my husband because I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually awesome to hear. When you told me you were looking up in my feed where to go, I was nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope it worked out. But you, you, I, you ended it. up going to an awesome place. It was amazing. I should have put it in my... Oh, and there's yeah. my and there's husband. There's the other husband. Delivering wine. Delivering wine, wine for best Wix husbands. Wine. We sure do. We Thank got some great huzzies here. Thank you, girl. Hi, Josh. Hi. This is the husband, Mike. Hi. You don't love me. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Josh. Thank Cheers. you, Josh. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having Yay. me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. I'm oddly like starstruck being here. Is that weird? That's super weird. What if I just clammed up and I couldn't (laughs) talk the rest of the time? No, I was just going to say your voice sounds fantastic already. Like, you've got a voice for this. That'll be interesting because I do not like listening to my voice back. So it'll be an exercise. You get used to it. That's true. All right. Do you guys like listening to your own voices? No. I don't like it, but I'm used, like, now that I've listened to the podcast a couple couple times. (laughs) (laughs) Not an accident. (laughs) (laughs) There will be times where I'll be like, Lindsay, what do you think about that sound effects thing I did? She just smiles back, and you're the worst liar. My poker face is very, very bad. Um, Should we pop our corks? Let's pop our corks. Do you have some corks to pop? So you know that I'm a listener from the very beginning, that even when Paul told me today to prepare, I was like, which one's the bad one? (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! It's now become a trademark of the show. I think like, it's because pop popping corks is bad. Yes. But I equate that with popping champagne. And that is a flaw in yeah. the design. Yeah. I think what we were going for or was that like the pressure is just like so much that you're just exploding. Uh, got but it, got it. you're right. When you pop champagne, it's a good thing. But when you also flip your wig, it's a good thing too. So yeah. But flipping wigs could also be like that could also be a like a head toss. It could, it could, like, I'm flipping my wig right now, could be a bad. We got them backwards, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> I kind of love it. It's <laughs> because we, I feel like you guys even get confused. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Every week. It's like, you want to pop your wig? <laughs> um, so flipped. Wait. <laughs> I, <laughs> she did it. It's right there. Flipped wigs are the first. Good so Lord. it's wrong? No, we oh. pop, we're popping cords. We're popping cords. Yes, we're popping okay. cords. Yeah. So okay. give us your bad news. I only have one. Okay. okay. Um, and this is what Paul and I were just talking about last night, hot off the press. And this might be a hot subject out there in internet land, but I am popping my first official cork over all the hatred Taylor Swift is receiving yes. over her very proud, beautiful gay pride video. So I'm gonna turn I'm gonna leave it. I'll I'll say my two cents at the end, but I want you guys to discuss because I am not the the gay person in this mm. scenario. <laughs> so I, I have my feelings about it. I want to hear yours, and then I'll add in at the end. All right. Well, Nick, you tell us what your feelings are. Well, I had not seen the video, and so I work at a company where everyone is pretty much 33 or under, which is great, and they're all cool, and it 
helps me keep my finger on the pulse. I'm 43. Um, but uh, we have a young gay assistant who's 23 and great guy, super mature. But he came in yesterday and started talking to a, another straight guy about Taylor's video and how off-putting it was that she... They were just sort of rolling their eyes and saying she's using gay people to promote her own stuff, and it felt very exploitive, and it felt like she was doing a specific reach for a specific audience, and it felt phony. And I hadn't seen the video at this point. Um, and it's funny, because they were discussing in front of me. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to ask the old man over here. What he... <laughs> and actually, they didn't really. They had this whole discussion. They rolled their eyes, like, what is Ryan Reynolds even doing in this video? And there's the Queer Eye guys again, and blah, blah, blah. And obviously, they, they've met Paul, so they know you're gay. They totally know I'm gay. Yeah. But they were kind of having this, I'm like, maybe it's because it's Taylor. Like, they don't know I'm in on, you know, like, I, I'm a fan. But, uh, so, and then finally, the gay one turned to me. He's like, Nick, have you seen it? And I said, I haven't. And he's like, I'm curious to hear your thoughts when you do. But he's like, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. And then I went on, what was that? Oh, Chunk Fart? Farted oh, right. It's like... <laughs> Chunk's just sitting right next to us. I was I was replicating their faces yeah. at Taylor's video. <laughs> yeah, um, bad. So then, before I even went to watch the video, then on my lunch break, I Googled the commentary, and there was so much mm-hmm. vile stuff about it. There's Charlie. <laughs> um, <laughs> we used to have dogs running yeah. all over the place. Old, old dogs. So I, even just reading the stuff before seeing the video and hearing these kids talk in my office, like, I almost had my knife ready to come out. Like, I'm like, what has she done? You know? And then we went home. Paul and I sat on the couch last night. And it's this beautiful, charming, fun video with gay icons and drag queens. And it's done very artfully and... I thought it was great. And it, what, what is making me pop my cork about it, and this could tie in later to my love of Madonna, is this might be a generational divide, I'm not sure, but growing up like a teen in the 90s, I would have been so hungry for any huge star, and Taylor Swift is arguably the biggest female star right now, or one of them, with influence to put out a video that just explicitly says, no question, like, being gay is okay. Mm -hmm. And these are gay people, and they're amazing, and this is good, and this is love, and this is fun. And it's just so interesting to feel like we've crossed the divide so much where maybe gay has become mainstream enough where now the younger generation can say, how dare she take this for... It used to be a death sentence to say you were pro-gay. In my generation, like, I remember that. And then even as I grew older and I came out, I feel like straight stars would maybe do an interview or post for the cover of The Advocate if they're promoting, a, they're playing a gay role, but they wouldn't really bring that over to the straight press. Mm-hmm. And so to have a huge star do this to me is still amazing. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, look how far we've come. This isn't a risk. It it is a risk for her, but it's a risk she's willing to take. And to think that there's gay people coming after her, like, how dare you do this? There's so much shitty things going on in the world. Like her, this is not, I do not believe for a second she's doing this for a business move or calculated to get a certain audience, I think she's she's taking a chance. 
She comes from country she roots. She comes from country, yeah. Like, it's a big deal. And she has so much influence. So I think it's awesome. And I think it's just, I don't want to take away these people's opinions. And I haven't done all the deep dives and why everyone is so upset. But it just seems like, no, I do not have a problem with this. Well, that's when you said deep dive, that is exactly what frustrates me, is that why are we deep diving on a Taylor Swift song right now? There's plenty of other things to deep dive on. The loss of Planned Parenthood, if you want to deep dive. You can talk about any number of things that are more important than Taylor Swift's new music as some sort of measure of what is right and wrong in society right now. She's one musician. This is what she wants to say right now. And she's also not taking on the sort of like when people say like is she co-opting like she's not writhing around with a woman in in in, and and trying to become like a lesbian for sexual purposes she's making a statement towards anti-gay badgerers she is like there's a statement at the end of the video which i think is beautiful too that like really brings it home like she's saying a lot and if it ends up like bringing her more album sales, then so fucking be it. She's standing on the side of something very confidently. And the song's a bop, too, which is also, like, kind of, like, it's such a good song. And the video just made me happy. But I saw today, of course, like, this is how you know it's just reached this kind of, like, climate where we're at with pop culture. There was stuff that came out today that she's copying Beyonce in it. Because of the video for Party from 4 that she's lying in a pool. That's the only shot they can put side by side yeah. that looks similar. She, they're both floating in a pool. And then they lined up like four other photos and I was like, okay, Fly, we can't just Fly. go through everyone's catalog and say, especially not everyone, we can't just go through Beyonce's catalog mm-hmm. and if Beyonce did it, then nobody right. else can again. And other than that, like it's set in a trailer park, but there's nothing else even closely like, it's just such a reach. And art is hardly ever that original no. like everyone's inspired by everyone so stop wasting your time yeah. to go back and find a video a be- scene that's well, it's been because done before. she came out with the drum line and yeah. it's just like there are drums in her in me there were drums okay she's gonna have yeah. a drum line yeah. at her performance it's okay like beyonce's not upset about it you shouldn't be upset about it either right um i read the washington post post and it kind of got yeah. it what I, I've been saying griddled my grits right now. I don't know why mm. I'm not Southern. <laughs> um, but it like Taylor got a bunch of shit because she was she was apolitical. Mm-hmm. Then she came out with a political statement. Mm-hmm. And now she's really leaning into the fact that she's like left wing. And now people are angry at her again. Yeah. Like she can't win for losing. And people are saying like she's gay baiting or whatever. And it's like. Well, first of all, we don't know. She might be bisexual. Um, we don't know for right. sure. And she's just saying, frankly, I'm an ally and I want to come out in my allyship. And it is a real, like you were saying, right. Nick, it's a huge, like people are becoming too privileged that they grew up in a time that they didn't fear for mm-hmm. their safety or they didn't. And I'm sure there, of course, there are like home homophobia has not been cured by any means. But for people to be like, well, fuck her because she's coming out in a statement in support of the LGBTQ community. Like, where have, how far gone have we gone that they have to, you know, like she's being judged 
by being a supportive partner. And in because this. homophobia is not cured or anywhere near it, especially where Taylor and Swift has look a who is in of fans. office right now. Yeah, like our all of our collective energy should not be focused on someone who's putting a message like this and coming after them, mm-hmm. because then that makes other people afraid to do the same. Right, and this is not like you said this side of things. <laughs> Why are we like this? Uh, it makes me like not to flash forward to 2020, but it makes me like we're going to eat ourselves. Right. We cannot do this. There's too much adversity that is very real yeah. that we cannot do this over a Taylor Swift song. I say what I say. And one of the threads I fell down to is that she presents the anti-gay, anti-gay bigots with the signs in the video as like redneck hicks and how stereotypical and one-sided First of all, have you been to the West Hollywood parade and seen those people standing on the side of the road with the signs? They sort of look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, it's a pop music video, and everyone is a cartoonish yeah. version yes. of whatever they're portraying. Ellen DeGeneres was getting a tattoo yeah. on her arm. It's like, not real you, life. No. Is this a grounded yeah. commentary on... On yeah. gay rights and everything. No, it's it's a, a pop, pop song. song. Yeah. It's a pop video. Guys, relax. You need to calm down. Yes, you need to calm eh. down. Yes. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, I have the perfect one to go right into if that works for you. Um, speaking of our non-allies, uh, this is Pride Month. Ooh. Yay, Pride. Yay, Pride. Yay, gay. Um, and I had read about this and kind of like breezed past it, but the Trump administration did reject requests from U.S. embassies, including Israel, Germany, Brazil, and Latvia, who all wanted permission from the State Department to fly the pride flag on their flagpoles. I read about this. Trump shut it down, said, no, it's not happening. This is still the same Trump who tweeted, as we celebrate LG, I don't want to read it, but he tweeted about how he supports LGBT people. Remember, if he's not allowing that to happen at embassies on our own soil, he's not an ally. He never will be. But what I love, and I, that's the only part of this that's a cork. There's a little wig in here, too. Um, there is a guy by the name of Elijah Daniel, who's a YouTube star and a musician. He's probably done a number of terrible things, too. But just for this alone, <laughs> I didn't have the time to deep dive onto Elijah. He has a YouTube video called I Threw a Dildo at Logan Paul During the Teen Choice Awards. And for that, he's on my your you win yeah, list. Yeah. Um, and he's also because um, he came out and decided that he wanted to spend his hard-earned YouTube dollars on buying a town in Michigan. And the town was... A, <laughs> you can buy a town in Michigan? It's a town of 70 people. It's called you, you Hell. You can buy that. <laughs> it's called Hell, Michigan. And he tweeted that he's buying the whole town. And uh, as my first act as owner, I have renamed my town to Gay Hell, Michigan. The only flags allowed to fly are pride flags. And uh, he also has uh, instituted that as the mayor of hell, uh, heterosexuality is banned. And um, he did this because he came out and like people were like, what are you like? Why are you making such a big deal about this? Like, this is ridiculous as a town. And he in all caps said, y'all told me I was going to I was going to go to hell for being gay my whole life. So I bought it and made it fully gay. (laughs) Fuck you, homophobes. (laughs) (laughs) So. I love him. Yeah, I love him too. And he he did this in response to the the Trump's thing and hoping that Trump would see it. And it wow. did gay hell ended up uh, trending on Twitter for a little bit. So hooray for you, Elijah. Mm-hmm. You're an ally. Remember who our friends are. Um, I want to visit gay hell Michigan. Although <laughs> I think that I probably don't. <laughs> you know? Did he really buy it? 
How do you buy a town? How much money does this YouTuber make? I mean, they make a lot of money. He also know. threw a dildo at Logan Paul. So <laughs> next president, 2020. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm a snake by uh, eating its own tail or whatever you say. Um, I'm have my foot in my mouth. Mm-hmm. With my next uh, pop cork, that's called a flip twig in my outline. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I also, I can't even think of a metaphor now. So we all saw the vulture list ranking the drag queens, right? Yes, we did. I only saw it over Paul's shoulder as he ranted about it in bed. So, yes, we want... Queer culture. Now you know what we do for a bed. I rant about drag queens. <laughs> I was trying to go to sleep. <laughs> He's like, can you believe this bullshit? So, yes, we want it to be mainstream. We want drag. We want queerness. We want all that stuff to be accepted over a wide audience. However, Ever. when you are going to write a piece about... Something as iconic as drag queens in queer culture. It has been a part of culture for not just decades, like centuries. Drag queens have been around forever. This is an art form that deserves respect. And when I saw that a lot of queens that we know and love were on the cover of The New Yorker, I was like, here we are. Like, this is fucking amazing. And then I read the article. And the article is on Vulture, which is part of the same like umbrella company as the New Yorker. It's New York Magazine. Oh, New York Magazine. Thank you. Um, and they not only took some not so great photos of the Queens. That's what I was ranting about. I was like, look at detox. I don't even like detox, but that was harsh. They picked the wrong photographer to take these photos because he, what's his name? Uh, Donnie's yelling at me right now. Martin Scholler. Scholler. Scholler, whatever. Gotten Donnie. Mm. Huh? Should have gotten Donnie. Exactly. He knows how to photograph a queen. I know he does. Martin Scholler, Scholler, whatever his name is, does not like he took some beautiful photos of Obama. But that's when you're fine with seeing all the pores and nuances yeah. of a person's face. Drag isn't about the nuances of a face. It's about the character that these people are able to create with makeup and mm-hmm. everything else. So anyway, the photos were terrible. Then they had the audacity to say the most powerful drag queens ranked. Uh, the most powerful drag queens in America ranked. Um, they're lumped to, the, to these categories. The top 20. Then goes the other queens. Ugh. Within the other queens were the subgroups of the tops, the upper tier, the mid tier, and the bottoms. It was so shady. So shady. How the fuck are you going to say these are the most... Yeah. Powerful drag queens in America, and then rank them. The bottoms. The bottoms. Like, why even put them on that list? And, okay, so sorry. I'm getting, not only that, there were only drag queen, or drag race queens. There are tons of other queens. Oh, it's only people who've competed on the show? Yes. Do they, they specify that? No. Interesting. It's just the most powerful drag queens in America. Let's let's just say Lady Bunny, Jackie B. Those are two huge drag names that like no none of this would be happening without like right. RuPaul of course did the damn yeah. thing, but there's there are so many queens that have not been on the show, who will never be on the show that are just as important right. that need to be recognized. And uh Darian Lake is in the bottom so fuck you. Um also 
just to give you a taste of the reporting, this was Nina West's blurb. Nina was surprisingly subdued after winning Miss Congeniality for season 11, offering only a cheeky meh. So they don't even watch the fucking show. They don't even watch the fucking show. Total inaccurate reporting yeah. that you would never know no. unless you knew. Exactly. So. And to your point with like Donnie photographing, there are five million people who are her historians who would step up to the plate to be like, yes, I will write this article tomorrow. A thousand times better than someone who clearly doesn't even know the show and know drag culture. Like I would even say... If you wanted to task me with anything about Drag Race, sure. But outside of Drag Race, I actually don't know the drag. I want to know more about the drag queen community that's not on Drag Race. And this is not a way to educate the children about drag just through Drag Race. And then through Drag Race, you don't even watch the show, apparently. Which, for those who don't know, she said meh as a callback joke to what RuPaul said about her lip sync performance. Thank you for that reminder. Yes. And then she kept talking after that. That wasn't her only response, was it? She said, thank you. It was a, per- it was a perfect <laughs> yeah. joke. Rudin seemed to appreciate it, but it was perfect for everybody else. But, yeah. What was the, is, was the actual article okay? The, or the no, whole they, thing was just off? They, they ranked each one. Bianca Del Rio was the most powerful. Oh, that was the whole article, just ranking them? Yes. Ah. They, there were, like, three separate articles, like how drag became mainstream. Oh. This was the most, like, seriously, what the fuck is this? The rest of them, I read, like, bits and pieces, yeah. and it was fine. And speaking of Bianca Del Rio, she tweeted right after the article came out and, was, and said something on the lines of, um, I wasn't available to photograph that day, and I couldn't be happier. And they also said that she, and they, they said, Bianca is so powerful, she'll be playing Wembley Arena, filling 60,000 seats or something like that. And she was like, I'm playing Wembley Stadium. It's not the arena. It's like a 5,000-seat theater. So they don't even have their facts straight about their number one queen. Uh, well done, New York Magazine. Um, well, I have another super fun one that I have audio for, and I'm very excited to share, and you're going to really like. <laughs> you're both going to really like. <laughs> so um, a woman by the name of Adrian Nyko. And her husband and her sister-in-law were at dinner at Applebee's last week in Columbia, South Carolina. And everything was going fine. They were sitting at the bar until she looked straight ahead and saw in the bar an opossum. Now, I don't know what the difference between an opossum and a possum are. Is there a difference or is it just the way you say it? Just the way you say it. Okay. So she saw a possum. In the Applebee's. In the Applebee's (laughs) right behind the sour Having a drink. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to play you the audio. And, oh my god! And uh, just let you guys listen to how it all went down, and you'll—I'll show you guys a little bit of the video, but it's really the audio that is uh, outstanding here. So, just listen up. Yeah. <laughs> 
You in South Carolina, that ain't nothing new. <laughs> he came in from that back door over there. That was how that ended. Um, and the possum does look like it's just scared and it's in the bar. But the woman, halfway through, I don't know if you heard, she says, can you please stop filming? The Applebee's bartender, who's just continuing to make drinks. So that's the shit that goes down at an Applebee's in South Carolina. She didn't try to get the, the possum out? Do you want to see it? <laughs> It just got The possum's away. just crawling around the sink? It's in with the bottles. Oh it's like God. right where, actually, like where like the cherries are. Oh, no. That's what a dollar margarita will get you. I think they're the ones that sell like the dollar dollarita. Um, dollarita. <laughs> the first mistake they made was going to Applebee's. Let's be real. It's got to be. The other thing Applebee's. is that uh, poor Adrian still paid her $36 tab. No. They did not compensate or anything. That's she put it on Facebook and said the manager had the nerve to say no pictures, please. Well, with that being said, her worries should have been on customer satisfaction. I paid my bill of $36 and left. However, I should have been compensated for this meal. Who knows how long he was inside of the restaurant. Jeez. Not to mention all over the drinks I just ingested from a, the same bar a nasty possum was crawling on. Oh, my God. Possums are just big rats. Yeah. She was kind of cute. They're, they're a little <laughs> cute, but they're also a little scary. Um, so that's my last cork. Do you have anything else? Um, I know you guys aren't uh, up to date on Handmade Season 3 yet. I have not started. He's out. But I'm in. But it's, I have to find time. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. We're in, we're in corks. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused again. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not, I'm not bailing. But they, they released the first three episodes in one night. Okay. And I think the reason they did that was because they knew if they had released them one week at a time, people would have fallen off because uh, each one was so slow. Oh, no. Like, everything that happened in the first three episodes could have happened in one episode. Do you think, without saying too much, that this book has reached its, like, like should this have been one either... season? Have, yeah. <laughs> no, because season two was after the original, and I think season two was great. Yeah. I, a lot of people were upset... Um, with the end of season two, I wasn't so much... I understand why they did it. And I feel like they've done a good job with continuing the characters outside of the source material, but um, they are starting to feel a little lazy with, like, a lot of the things that June's doing this season. Are It's just, like, very risky. And they're right. setting up this society that you will get hung by a wall, like on a wall, if yeah. you do the slightest thing outside of their parameters. And she's just kind of like, I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> and you're going to do an extreme close-up of my face because that's what they do. Almost crying. Pa- yeah, right. almost crying. And it's beautiful, <laughs> but I just, I need fewer close-ups and more action. Mm. But go ahead and give Alexis Bledel her Emmy because she's incredible. All right. She's incredible. I do love so, her. She's so great. Well, that's a bummer, though. Um, on to more exciting things. What are you looking at? Which is why, you know, we're, we were talking about Madonna earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I probably said this maybe once or twice on the show before, but my husband, Nick, is Madonna's number one stand. I mean, when it comes down to it at this point. I will say that. I will, I will agree to that. I mean, it really is. There is a... Um, there's a, there's a glimmer of 
positivity that you bring to her career uh-huh. that I think she should be very grateful for. He always sees the bright side of whatever she's doing, and I it makes me appreciate sort of where she is now. And I think I can be very judgmental of Madonna in her later years. Uh-huh. And uh, there is always a different side of it. And it always, to me at least, comes back to a place of like what she has been through and how long she's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both chatted a little bit before this. We kind of wanted this to be an open conversation about Madge. <laughs> Not too structured. Like a therapy session. Yeah. No, but I, but I want to share this with the, with the people, especially those of you who may be a little judgmental of Madge. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that these are going to be softball questions. There's right. some tough ones in here. But what mm-hmm. I love about the way that you always look at her as this icon that she rightly is is that you're always kind of looking at it like, well, think about this way, though. Think mm-hmm. about this. And so let's think about this right now <laughs> as we dive into our Madge... I didn't think of the title. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sauce? No. Um, Madge Padge? Madge Oh, it's like a game. Yeah, okay. Madge Padge. So I have... Mm. Quizanek? I can't sing it. You're going to lay that in later. <laughs> so we have a Quiz and Nick Madge edition. I love it. Um, this is not just... I, the, none of it is based on her most recent album, which we will get to. Yes. Uh, this is just some trivia okay. for Nini Ooh, to I see. I love it. Uh, get it gets... more rosé. <laughs> we got some in that bottle oh. right there. I tried to do it easier to harder, but then it just kind of all blended together. Okay. So, um, I do. <laughs> I sure do. I'm like, this is all shit. <laughs> so, we're going to start with number one. <laughs> and Chunk just farted in Paul's face. Um, you're going to get this in two seconds. What was the name of Madonna's highly controversial coffee table book? Sex. Yes, sir. Ding, ding, ding. Defining moment in her career. Very defining. Definitive. <laughs> <laughs> and definitive. <laughs> and by the way, one of my greatest regrets is that I did not buy that book at the oh. time because it went out of print. And now to find it, it's it's probably $1,000 at least. Seriously? Yeah, it's very hard to find. I used to search on eBay, but um, I actually wasn't old enough to buy it at the time. It was 18 and up. Oh, my God. And I was also embarrassed. It was kind of like... Right. And uh, so I didn't actually, like, sneak into the store to try to buy it. But uh, I wish I had it because it's such a significant part of her career. Was it wrapped in, like, a foil? It was wrapped in a foil. It was um, metal bound. And it was dirty. (laughs) No one's ever done anything like that since. No. And I feel like in in the upper echelons of... Even... Lower level celebrities, like she went there, and she she went there so she like it was an era for her. It was, and she had to really. I feel like she got so much shit oh, for yeah. it. Then she had to rein herself back, but she didn't want to. No, it it, it sunk her career for a little yeah. while afterwards. Understandably, like there was. There was a mistake to it in that leading up to that book, she was always playing the perfect game of going a little bit too far, shocking people, but Mm -hmm. having it work in her favor. 
And with sex, she left nothing on the table. Like, it was all out there. Nude, like, pornographic. There was nothing left to shock you with after it. So she revealed too much. Right. And it also, like, the photography was actually interesting and good. I've seen it a few times. But um, but the, the written part is not. Oh. So it was not critically well received. It came after Truth or Dare. That was blonde. It came after Truth or Dare. So she was at her career high in 1990, which actually is a a big plot point or a big point of pose. The year Vogue came out. Oh, is that? Um, And she was riding this career high almost right up to the sex release. And then it sort of... Oh, it just tanked It took another... Yeah, her career took a turn after that. Okay. Yeah. But after Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare is awesome. was the documentary, right? Where she said that... Sean Penn was like the love of her life? Yes. I never said that. Um, okay, question number two. <laughs> she says in Truth or Dare that Sean Penn is the love of her life, but she's dating Warren Beatty in the, in the film. Right. Um, I feel like all of these are softball now. Um, what is Madonna's astrological sign? That I do not know. You don't? She, well, I don't know my signs, so she's... Her birthday is August, and mm-hmm. I want to say maybe 11th. No, actually, maybe the 16th. Yes. Good job. That's better than sign. There yeah. we go. So but I don't I know what sign, sign that is. It's Leo. Okay. Um, and her birthday is the day after mine. Ah, so I always knew her birthday. All right. Um, what is Madge's middle name? Madonna Louise Veronica yes. Saccone. Holy shit. I didn't even know Veronica was in there. <laughs> Um, what was Madonna's first Billboard number one single? This it's was hard. tricky. It's hard for me to figure out the one that actually went to number one. I feel like, and I was, I discovered Madonna during like a prayer. So mm-hmm. everything before that is a little bit of like history. Like I wasn't in you it inside at the time. of it, right. Um, so I want to say like her first song that sort of got attention was everybody and then lucky star, but maybe the first one that went number one was holiday close borderline like a virgin, like a virgin was the first number one. So nothing off the first album went number one. Nope. I did not know that. Yeah. They went number one on the dance charts, Ah. but they didn't go number one in America. But I feel like like a virgin was number one for like eight weeks. Yes. It was like her first like biggest hit. Yeah. I don't think I knew that you like I know you went back to the old albums but True Blue you were not into you got into Like a Prayer first got into Like a Prayer first True Blue of her albums before that I've listened to but her first two albums I've sort of listened to I feel like anyone else has like yeah. I put them on a few times just out of curiosity but it's such a different yeah. style of music True Blue is my first tape of hers True Blue is a good album for Lies La Bonita yeah I've told you this, but True Blue was the album that I, like, you know those flashbulb memories of your childhood? Yeah. My mom and I would dance so hard around the house to the entirety of True Blue. Oh, that's such we a good story. We loved it so much. Yeah. And one of your listeners, Miss Courtney Trahan. Hello, Courtney. I asked her a couple years ago what her favorite album was of all time or one of the most significant, and she said True Blue, which I never knew. Yeah, it's a great album. It is a great album. It's so fun. Yeah. And 
the song is True Blue. It's called True Blue, right? The song is True Blue. The singles off of that are so underrated. All of her singles off of that are powerhouses. Yeah. Papa Don't Preach. Yes. Open Your Heart. Yes. La Isla Bonita. Yes. Um, and even I think Where's the Party was a oh, single. Where's the Party? So good. It's a great album. It's a great album. Um, her best cover, too. I mean, if you've got it, flaunt it, right? Yes, the one with uh-huh. the hair back. Herberts. Yep. Um, okay. I think this one's hard. I don't know if you All right. <laughs> Can you name four, at least four of Madonna's six children? Oh, that is hard. Yeah. Um, but I think I can. Lourdes. Yes. Rocco. Mm-hmm. David. Yep. Esther. Yep. And Mercy. That's You're five. Miss- you did five. You're missing one. Mercy James. Esther. <sighs> Who am I missing? David. There's a... Do you want me to tell you? Is it a boy or girl? A girl. I am. Yeah, tell me. There's... Oh no! <laughs> There's a Stella, a Stella, S T E L L E. I she didn't the know either. Yeah, I had no idea, and that's why I said, "Can you name four of the six? Because <laughs> I got you five. Could, you got five. If you could have named all six, I would have been very <laughs> impressed. Um, okay, next question. This is the penultimate question. Okay. What rapper was featured on the song "Bitch I'm Madonna"? Nicki Minaj. Yes, sir. And last but certainly not least, I would never know this off the, off the top of my head, but you might. What was the name of Madonna's character in Dick Tracy? Oh, Breathless Mahoney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? A little bit. What'd you say? Is that easy? Oh, forget She had an easy. album from that movie called I'm Breathless. which she is did? What, Which is what Vogue came from. Vogue was the single off the album. I I feel like you he would be hard to stump on anything though. Like he knows everything about her. And I'll give you another fun fact about <laughs> her. The reason that Vogue was so brilliant is oh here's Josh Aww. again with more rosé. He's pretty. We got the right when we questions. finished the first bottle. How did he know? I don't know. Bye. <laughs> Just a little wave goodbye. You don't love me. What um, was the fun fact? The I'm Breathless album was Stephen Sodheim. And it was obviously like a tough sell to the mainstream pop crowd. So she put Vogue on there as a way to launch that album. Oh, and Vogue worked. was a huge hit. Yeah. And then the album followed. But no other songs on the album sound like Vogue. They all sound like Dick Tracy. And did she win the Oscar for Sooner or Later? She did. She, that song did win, but I don't think she, she accepted the Oscar because Steven Sodheim uh, wrote it. There's a great song from that movie called Sooner or Later. But she also gives like, a great a great performance at that Oscars. She does a, a full Marilyn Monroe. Doesn't she like giggle at the end and like <laughs> run off stage? <laughs> That's the Oscars where she can't attend with Michael Jackson, which controversial now. Of course. But a brilliant move at the time. There was one more question that I wanted to ask, but I was like, that's too hard. Um, what city did Madonna, what city was the Super Bowl in that Madonna did the halftime show? Oh, that I don't think I'm going to know. She was the most viewed Super Bowl halftime show uh, of all time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Still or not? Anymore? I don't know if it's still, but at the time she was. And it wasn't that long Somewhere ago. Some other Jay's going, no, bitch. That's Beyonce now. <laughs> um, I do not know. Indianapolis. Oh. Of course, it all comes back to me. Yeah. All roads lead to Lindsay. <laughs> uh, you killed it, though. You got. Thank you. You 
got all but the Leo, but you knew her birthday. So I feel like that's a moot <laughs> point. Um, so you got nine for nine. I was going to do 10, but I was like, they're too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So ding, ding, ding. I have a problem with the fact that there's no air in here and I'm going to die. Open the door now. Let's get real. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, well, I want to start with something that I read today that I think could just tee us off in a little conversation about where Madonna is now with Madame X and at this age. And I, uh, I don't know if you saw, but she showed up in an outfit wearing black sweatpants and a matching sweatshirt, like covered in graphics somewhere recently mm-hmm. that stick figures and lightning bolts and a few phrases on it. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Apparently, it was this past Sunday, and she was at JFK, and the outfit was a from a company called Country of Milan. Okay. The designer, whose name is Marcelo Berlin, mm-hmm. came out and p- reposted the photos and said, I wrote a caption that said, and the time finally came that Madonna, the human toilet, wore County of Milan. I want to guarantee that nobody has given her anything for free, but that she paid with your money. Now, what? I bring this up because where are we? <laughs> that Madonna, who... Say what you will. Again, we're talking like Taylor earlier or whatever. But we're talking about a pop musician. And granted, it's coming from a fashion designer. So let's call it like it's all in the same world. But what happened, and this is good. This only can be here for a little while. But when do you feel as though Madonna is judged in a different way than other pop stars her age, especially as opposed to males? Um... Like, does that comment I, seem normal to you if you were to remove who Madonna? Like, I don't want to lead the question too much, but like, how do you take that comment in as a fan? Like, of, and looking at her, I do think that Madonna inspires, like, um, invokes an anger in a lot of people. She always has, and I think some of it is what she puts out there. I think sometimes she can be a bitch. What's the worst thing about being famous then? That you have to answer stupid questions. You know, like, she's not the warmest personality. So I think, um, yeah, she has always had, even when she was the most famous woman in the world and the biggest pop star, which she was for a good 10 years, um, I feel like there was always people who hated her, hated her. and there's that part of me that sort of still likes that she inspires that today. Because if you could say she doesn't matter all you want, but if she doesn't matter, you don't really have an opinion, you don't care. Yeah, that's but I true. feel like people who say she doesn't matter hate her. Yeah. She makes them mad. Yeah. Um, and that's true. Like, and I sort of like that. Yeah, there's something about like having, when, when people stop talking about you, that's when you know you're over. And no or one just will like, ever stop talking about Madonna. That you evoke this intense emotion, like a human toilet. A human toilet for wearing your outfit. Yeah. Like, that just grossed me out so much. That so. is a weird... Um, he apparently has already apologized and deleted it, but you know that <laughs> never matters. He said it. Um, so that was, like, the first kind of just, like... I thought that mm. was an interesting way to start. But I, I want to know a little more about your history with Madonna, too. Um, what is... You mentioned flashbulb memory. And mm. You saw right there, I wrote flashbulb memory. Give me a flashbulb memory that you have early on with Madonna and her music. Something that you think back to from that Like a Prayer era, or any time that's just like where you were, what you heard, and how you felt? Uh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of answers there because she is the only... She is probably the only celebrity slash 
recording artists that I have followed from like 14 to now who's still around and doing things. Right. Um, and she's marked a lot of points in my life because of that. Like anyone who you listen to your whole life from 14 to 42, 43, that is going to, there's going to be many spots that are marked by her work or her music. But I will go back and say two that were significant. And one is just when I discovered her, which I was in seventh grade. And Like a Prayer came out, and I really wasn't, I mean, I knew who she was, but I wasn't, I didn't listen to her music or anything, but we were in middle school, and I remember it being a big deal that her commercial for Pepsi was premiering, like, during the Cosby show. Like, it was just like, like, who is this huge star that Pepsi's mounting this video debut? And then it was such a big deal that this video was so scandalous. Like, the burning crosses and sort of blasphemous imagery. And I didn't understand what any of that meant, but I just knew that there was this woman that people were talking about who Pepsi fired because of this. But even at the time, understanding that, even though she lost, I think it was like a $20 million contract with Pepsi, her album and that song like shot to number one, and she sort of came out victorious. Like That's sort of how it seemed. Like She still wins. All this press worked in her favor. The song was amazing. And then that like led me to get to the album. But I just remember that feeling of like, there's a star that everyone's talking about. And in the middle school halls, like everyone was kind of like, that was the buzz. Pre-internet, everyone was talking about <laughs> this woman who had the scandalous video that got her fired from Pepsi. Do you think someone else could come up with this? <laughs> Do you remember, I didn't know that or maybe I just forgotten that she had been dropped from Pepsi. Pepsi knew what the video was when they put it out there. How could they claim that like she was in I breach think, of contract if they made the video? I think what happened is the commercial that she made for Pepsi that debuted during the Cosby show sh showed only snippets of the actual music video and was it sort of a commercial wrapped around it. And then the video debuted on MTV shortly after and caused this huge uproar. Uh. And then, Pe so I don't know why Pepsi would not. I mean, these days you'd be so buttoned up. Like, I don't know if Pepsi, maybe they saw the video and they didn't think it was a big deal, or they never saw the video that they were tying their campaign to. But yeah, the video, like, caused an outcry. Isn't it crazy how controversial that video was at the time? And now because you, yeah. It's literally nothing now. No. Sorry. And what's crazy about it, watching it again, is that the burning crosses like, are what I remember from childhood. What I don't remember is that it's a video about police violence yeah. and, like, how this man is falsely accused because he's black. Oh, yeah? Like, a state... Talk about, like, Black Lives Matter before, right. like, anyone else was saying that. Yeah. And the burning crosses were like, this is shit is racist. The black, the black man in the video goes to help the woman who was just almost raped or whatever, and the cops find him and bring him to jail. So it's very much still up. Yeah. And I remember thinking uh, burning crosses was the sacrilegious thing. It's not uh, sacrilegious. It's them being like, this is still, we're living, she's, we're living in a the, racist era. The KKK era. And I remember because so well my mom saying, like, this song is such a nice song. Why did she go do that video for that? <laughs> The song's just a love song. Um, all right, great. Oh, did you have a second flashback? My moment? second one was like the tour that promoted Like a Prayer was the following summer, and that was Blonde Ambition, and that is... I, 
I went as a 14-year-old. Yes! And that's, baby. like, I think what sealed the deal. It was in Madison Square Garden. My friend, who also later came out of the closet, me, Matt, and his older sister, we took, like, car service into the city. So everything about it was, like, larger than life. And then that was the tour with the famous Cone Bra made its debut. And she had dancers, male dancers and bras, and obviously gay. And she masturbated on a bed. And it was just so crazy. And at the time, it was so different because it was so theatrical. Right. That a lot of concerts are like that now. But she was like, she did like several acts, and they all had a theme. And my mind was blown. You can kick him off the couch. Blown like Chunk is blowing gas in <laughs> Paul's face right now. Chunk. Chunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not coming my way. His ass is pointed right at you. Do you want to switch seats? I'm used to it. Okay. Paul was nodding. I thought it was because of something I said, and he literally was like just shielding himself <laughs> from the gas. But I was feeling it, and I um, was going to ask, is the cone bra somewhere to be seen? Do you know? I don't. It should be. It sure is. I feel like it's in. It should be in like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something. Yeah, I feel like. I think it might be in the Space Museum. I think it might be in the Smithsonian. Yeah. It absolutely It's so iconic. Jean Paul Gaultier. Yeah. A couple other ones. I want to get through a few of these. Yeah, you answer what your first Madonna tour was. How many Madonna tours have you been to? I have been to. Blonde Ambition, Drowned World, Reinvention, Sticky and Sweet, and Rebel Heart. Wow. Five. And one to come. And I'm going to go see her. My first concert with Paul by my side at the Wiltern. I saw that she was coming to the yeah. Wiltern. We are paying way too much, but it's Madonna at a small, small theater, theater for the first time in her career. Yeah. yeah. No, we have. No. Yeah. Um, what, this is tough. Okay. I think I've asked you this before, but right here, right now, Madonna's best video. That is a tough one. Um, she has so many that I think are good that have, she hasn't made a really great one in a long time, but, um. You don't like the giant Madonna? (laughs) I don't like that video. (laughs) Do I have to listen to this? Um, I... I'm going to say, man, it is a close call, but I'm going to give it to Vogue. Oh, just because I really thought you'd go Ray of Light. I did too. Ray of Light, I was obsessed with at the time too, but it's if you look at Ray of Light now, it's not as it's dated a little bit. It speeds everything up. A lot of videos from that era of the '90s feel dated now, more so than even videos from the '80s. But Vogue holds, yeah. It's own still. It was David Fincher. It was super, like, I loved how it took, like, 1930s, 40s movie star, black and white gloss, and it incorporated it very seamlessly with the Vogue dance style that Pose is about in its first episode. Like, she she took that underground dancing and brought it into this video, but I don't feel like she was, it was, it was seamless how she did it. Yeah, I mean, she... Yeah. She was a dancer herself, so I feel like yeah. she already kind of embodied that vibe. Yeah. And then to see those men with those like right. crazy contortion arms and everything. It was really and it's just such a beautiful video. And her look in it was very like movie star. Yeah. 
Like she looks like a glamorous movie star. And that VMA's performance is still so iconic with it the fans. It is so great. It's funny. It is. She doesn't it's get credit for that. Up. Yeah, it's uh-uh. a funny performance. Um. All right. So now we're gonna have to get a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Madonna's career has peaked, um, or could she still? And if you say no, as a fan that like wants to, I will yeah. take that. Ooh, that is a tough one. I'm not going to... I mean... I'm waiting. It hasn't been what it was for a while, but I still like that she seems hungry. Like, she's not lazy. She's never pulled what I feel like Janet Jackson has a long time ago where you just start putting out the same album over and over again and the same thing and the same moves. I just feel like even this album is like nothing she's ever done before. Like, I don't think she, I don't think she's ever going to have, I don't know. My hunch is she will never have like a number one hit or a huge album again. But I kind of feel like most stars at this age, 60, are not going to have that. Yeah. Well, it's actually a perfect answer because now it goes to the potential that you see. And if you could control her career in some way right now. Yes. What producer... One producer, would you have Madonna work with to get her next album, like get her to that place that you would want her to be to see another sort of ascension? I mean, if I could snap my fingers, maybe, I mean, this, I don't think this would ever happen, but Jack Antonoff. I was thinking the same thing, <laughs> the exact same thing. Because he could tap into that 80s yes. feel, but make it modern. And like a melancholy yeah. thing that I feel like Madonna needs to get. Yeah. She needs to go back. She keeps like, I think, trying to capture a youthful yeah. or cutting edge thing. And I want her to go back to her roots, which yeah. is so out of like what she's done before right. because she's always reinventing herself. But I would argue that the last two albums, it's not we're not experiencing a reinvention. Yeah. We're experiencing her chasing something that's no longer there. Yeah. So if she could just go back to what we like what her fans always loved right. her for, which is like saying something, but like being true to yourself. I just, I feel like there's something right. inauthentic about what she's been doing the last couple yeah. albums. I don't think it's better. It's just what I'm doing right now. And why? Because I want to. And I think the Jack Antonoff thing that's interesting is that he understands rock and roll that is timeless. Mm. That His music, no matter who he's working with, sounds like a song that could have come out in 1960, 70, 80, 90, or now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she needs some songs that feel like pop jams again that you could hear in any decade and just, like, she can match the style to that. Like, take yeah. the style and do whatever you want with it. But the song has to go back to a place of just, like, listenability. Yeah. Um, what singer would you have her collaborate with? What singer? I think, it, like, my hunch is to go to an older female would just be a nice change um dolly parton yeah her and dolly (laughs) her and Cher. um i feel like 
You know, at this point, they've seems to have buried the hatchet with taking pictures of the Oscars. Why not Gaga? That would be fun. Yeah. Was there a hatchet to be buried? Well, they were like, there was, you know, wait, she wait. had the famous. Look it up. Yeah. Oh, reductive. Right. They, there was like back and forth. That Madonna started for right. sure. Well, or did Lady Gaga start with Born This Way sounding? I don't know. But, I'll, but, I'll, but let me just to uh, really yeah. backtrack. For the people that are saying that Taylor Swift is gay baiting, can we say that Born This Way was total gay bait? That's what Taylor's doing with this song. I feel like Gaga got away with it more because she was so ensconced in gay culture. But I don't yeah. think, like, thematically, they're doing the same thing. Right. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think Lady Gaga was, like, lifted up by the... Became more popular because gays embraced her right away. And then, But then I think she... It was a total capitalization move, which is fine. Yeah, she didn't need to do that. Like right. she shouldn't have said, "I'm your icon." Like right. she, you were just fine, Gaga, in your crazy wigs. Like exactly. we're gonna love you for that. Like yeah. you're yeah. already the just icon. make your good music. You don't yeah. need to tell us we're born this way. We all know that. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, her and I think her and Madonna have been like pitted against each other a lot more than they probably care. Right. But uh. But yes, they posed after the Oscars together. Gaga came to her Oscar party and all as well. Pieces, yeah. Katie and Taylor are back together. Yeah. Like everyone's good. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting if they actually made a song together. Um, this is a tough one. Okay. Should she do Vegas? I've said this to you. <laughs> She should do Vegas. Now say it to the listeners. Yeah, now I'll say it to, to the, the wigs. She should do Vegas, but she should only do Vegas if she is fully going to embrace the fact that she should do her, her hits. hits. She cannot come out there doing Madame X and no. B cuts. No. And I don't know if she'll ever want to do that. But if she actually said, this is the Immaculate Collection 2020, and she just did her hit after hit after hit, absolutely. Oh my yeah. God. That would be the yeah. best show. Yeah. She could, they would print money. Yeah. Um, all right, last question, and I think this will be one you're going to have to really dig deep for. What is Madonna's most underrated single? So, wow. So what's the song that has been on the radio, but is the one that you're like, y'all need to revisit this one because it's a bop? Because it's what's going to play out this episode. As Lily pours me more wine. <laughs> we'll be here for another three hours, yeah. says Nick. Um, Thank you. Her most underrated single. I have a runner-up. Okay. Which, it was never going to be a hit, but it was actually one of my favorite songs that she did release as a single with an amazing video that never was a hit, but it was Bedtime Story. It was very much, it, it was the era where Bjork was hugely popular. Oh. Bjork wrote it. It sounds kind of like a Bjork song. It's weird. Let's get unconscious. It's from Bedtime oh, Stories right. in the early 90s. Okay. I remember the album. Yeah. I didn't remember that song. You it was Take a Bow. That was off that. Off the same album. I love that yeah. song. And Secret was off the album. Um, but her, honest, and this isn't even a song that I play a lot, but the song that when I heard it, I thought was going to blow up and never did is a ballad called You'll See. And it's beautiful. And people don't know it. I don't know it. 
she she released it off of she did a greatest hits album of her ballads in the mid nineties, which she would never do that today. Right. Um, and this was the single, like the new single that she put out with that. It's the video is a sequel to the video for Take a Bow. Oh. And supposedly she was also using this video as her like audition for Evita. Uh, like to show them that she could get into this role and be Interesting. So are we going to give our letter grade for the new album? Um, We can. Seems like you want to. I don't... Have you listened? I did. Oh. I listened in preparation. All right. Take it over from here, actually. One full listen? Yes. Only once through. Yeah. Have you given it a listen? I have. I want want you to start. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to... Hmm... I haven't thought of it in letter grade terms. I It doesn't have to be a letter yeah. grade. Just like a TLDR of what you think of the album. I think it feels like the equivalent of like your favorite actress going off and doing a weird avant-garde movie that you don't really understand. <laughs> and there's moments I, yeah. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. There's a few moments I like, but ultimately I'm not going to watch it again. I yeah. think I think the album, I gave it more than any other album. I I put it on the day after, last Friday, and I did a long walk before work and just listened to it, which I haven't done that. I don't remember when I've just listened to an album mm-hmm. like that. Not in the car. Um, and it is, the production value is very good. Like, the music on it is interesting and well done. The songs are very bizarre. And she front loads it with songs that you would normally expect to find at the end of an album. Mm-hmm. They're so weird. And they, like, switch gears in the middle, and they turn into different songs that I honestly do not know if they're a disaster or if it's, like, if I respect it. And then halfway through the album, there's a really good song called Crazy. That sounds like yep. an old school Madonna song. Yep. And then the album after that gets better, but it never gets great. Mm-hmm. I do actually like the single with Maluma. Mm-hmm. Um, that When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is a good B jam, and it's totally grown on me, and I actually give it an A, the song. I've really, okay. it's really grown on me. Um, but yeah, it's just even when I came over tonight, I was like, let me put it in just to listen. I'm like, this it already feels like a chore. It hasn't even been out a week. Yeah, and there's uh, there's an aspect of it. So I listened to it in parts, finished it on my way back from a meeting today. Yeah. And there's something that she does on this album that I hate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it was the same with the Solange's album, her la- her most recent album. There's a there's a repetition that yeah. happens that there's I don't know there must be a word for it but there's something about a certain type of repetition right. that makes me angry. Uh-huh. And she does it in probably four songs on this album. Like lyrically? Yes. Yeah. She'll just repeat 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 yeah. and it you can do it three times. I'm gonna be okay, but after three, you're gonna lose your shit. I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> and she does it like three times, and then there are a couple songs like "Crave." Yeah, I was okay with. "Crave" is a pretty good song. It was good. Yeah, yeah. and then "Crazy," I was okay with too. Yeah. And then it kind of like went back to the repetition, and then there was the, um, 
I can't remember that I meant to write it down. Mm. The one at the end that has the parkland. I rise. And I wish it was better (laughs) because (laughs) like the, the message behind it, she starts with a parkland victim speaking and then she associates it, associates it with, to me, the lyrics is, are basically saying, like, I've been through a lot, too, yeah. and all you need is positivity to get through it. And it's just like, that's a fine message for a song, but do not start it with a child who right. went through a school shooting. I you agree. Know? I, I don't like the start. I don't like that she used that. It makes I, me Yeah. Like, maybe make it a completely different yeah. message, but it ultimately went back to Madonna yeah. and, like, I've been through hell. And she's like, not yeah. a good combination. Right, right, right. Just There's definitely work. tone deaf yeah. parts to her. Well, I mean, the she's... whole comment recently about her New York, uh, New Yorker newspaper article where she was like tugging on my collar article... right now, <laughs> making me well, loosen my collar right up. <laughs> the Makes article, me uncomfortable. She commented on Instagram and was like, she was not happy about the way the New York Times portrayed her and was like, it feels like I've been raped and I can say that because I was raped. I'm very happy with the choices I've made. Right? Yeah. It's, well, she the, says. In the article, which I actually feel was a very good article, and she just came out and tore it apart. But I think it's because the reporter was sort of critical of her, which I'm okay with. And, like, don't kiss the ass of your subject. Which, of course, yeah. And I think Madonna didn't like that. But in the article, she talks about how when Rebel Heart leaked, people hacked into it, and the album came out before she was ready. It felt like she was raped. And the reporter's like, okay, that's not... We don't all use the term that way anymore. (laughs) And so then Madonna came after. That's why she said this again. She's like, I can say that, but I disagree. Um, Yeah. That's a fair assessment. Also, her voice, which I know there's a lot. You don't follow Madonna because of her voice, but her it's so auto-tuned throughout this. There's even one song. It's another one of the Maluma called like, my Vita Loca or something yeah. crazy. Is that the Ricky Martin song? <laughs> it's, um, it's like a combination of... But I don't even know where she's singing. Like, it's you can't even hear her because if she's in it, she's so auto-tuned. And I do not know if she's completely... If she's lost her voice. Lost her voice, which is scary that we're going to go see her live. But <laughs> it's it's so auto-tuned yeah. throughout the whole album that it's that's not... I feel like because she's such an alto, she could do a Take a Bow again. Yeah. Like, I would live from a Madonna ballad like nobody's business. I like the one you played me. I agree. Like yeah. just like just deep dive into that deep yeah. voice yeah. that she has. Yeah. She just always wants to go up here. Yeah. I never asked you to name an award after me, did yeah. I? Well, husband. Yeah. Well done. Sitting in the hot seat. Thank you. you. Nailed it. You killed it. We are so grateful for your Madonna knowledge. I feel like we could fill multiple. We could do a whole six-part series <laughs> on your Madonna knowledge, but <laughs> It was fun scratching the surface with you. Thank you. Anything else you want to share about her that you want to just impart on us? Any fun little facts or any, like, you know? Anything we missed? We do our best. (laughs) I'll put one more thing out there that is a reason I've liked her, which I think never gets talked about, is I feel like she, from the beginning, has always been called, like, talentless. And... I think that I've always liked that someone could be called talentless and still rise to be the most successful person in their field and stay there. Yes. Because I feel like even like as a writer, I doubt myself all the time, but it kind of like 
that always gave me hope. Like you don't have to be necessarily the best, the best or like naturally born this way, but you could work for it. Yes. And that's, I think that's totally another reason why I've always admired her. Absolutely. And I would like to add to that, that if like for all the shade, for anything you want to throw, there is no one else with like the, I thought about this today when I was walking, like, Cher is the only other person that popped to my mind as someone who has been around this long. And the thing with Cher is that she's always made a joke of it. And like she, yeah. like she, 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 that's always been part of the narrative and that's its own thing. And I'm not trying to be shitty to that. Yeah. Like that's a, its own awesome thing. But her and Cher are probably the only people who have been around this long and been this public. Right. Now, obviously, come don't don't be screaming Dolly Parton to me. I I know yeah. she's a queen, whatever. But Dolly Parton goes to bed at night and shuts the door. Right. Madonna, Cher, they go out there, they say who they are unapologetically, and they take every single hit that they get, right. and they come back. To your point, like they might say unpopular things, but they respond, and that is something that it sucks that there's only two women that we can claim that do that, at least in music, and it sucks that they also get bashed for it sometimes mm. like and granted madonna should be like bashed for some of the things she says but like i also just want to say right now i think it's awesome that she's a woman who still speaks her mind at this age and still puts out content at this age i, I agree i feel like mm -hmm. when like you and i nick have had so many conversations about, about madonna mm -hmm. and i feel like you're always a stand that understands your muse like <laughs> she's imperfect but that's also kind of why She's beloved. Yeah. Because even when she can't, when she can't recognize it, at least she has an audience that can mm -hmm. and still love her for it. Yeah. You know, like she is iconic. She will be an icon for like many, many years from mm -hmm. now, even after she dies. Um, and at least she has built an audience that understands that it's okay that she's not always going to mm -hmm. be great, but we're always going to love her for the reasons why she is, yeah. you know? Yeah. And remember, everybody, Madonna walked so that Miley could run. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget it. Do not forget it. Oh, my God. Um, should we flip our wigs? All right. And it says popcorn. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I have a couple here. Can I start? It's I want to start with Vanna White. What? <laughs> Another woman who's been around our whole... Well, this is why. You guys, Wheel of Fortune celebrated their 7,000th episode last month. So I did a deep dive on Vanna White, and I found out a few things I want to share about Vanna White, because no tea, no shade. Like, Vanna is a survivor. 62 years old. She has spun the letters for more than 6,000 episodes, which makes me think, who is the other bitch in there for 1,000? Oh, that's interesting. I don't... Yeah, but who stepped in? Barbara Walters? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she has worn more than 5,700 gowns in her career. She's valued at $70 million. Go, Vanna. <laughs> she has quietly gotten hers. She tapes... She no, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save this, save this for last. Her salary earnings are we on, on Wheel of Fortune are estimated at $4 million a year. Stop it. Speak she softly. doesn't even spin the Letter. letters now. She just touches she them. She just touches them. That shit's gone digital. I don't even know if she touched them. I think she just walks past them. Yeah, and like waves she just snaps. This is the last night of this puzzle board. You will no longer be turning letters. 
the, the new board, which you will see on Monday, how does it, it's, it's heat activated, if you will. And if anyone can heat up a board, you can. <laughs> but in pay, well, granted, he does more, but Pat Sajak makes 15 a year. That's more than three times, and he just is like schmarmy. Well, he she is makes the host. four million dollars. <laughs> I would say this is one. This is one thing where I don't argue about the makeup. <laughs> He's hosting. <laughs> Whatever. She's still like. I mean, if if Vanna disappeared, I I feel like numbers would drop. She also has Maybe. a knitting line known as Vanna's Choice. <laughs> that sounds like a lingerie. No, it sounds, it sounds like something. It sounds like something out of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Vanna's Choice. <laughs> How many days a year do you think she works on oh Wheel of Fortune? God. This is going to be so depressing. Um, I'm going to say 125. I will go 200. 36. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> she makes $4 million what do you mean? in 36 days a year. What do they she do the works rest? 36 days a year. They probably shoot five episodes in a day. Oh, I thought they would shot them more live style. 36 episodes. Days a year. So she's got it all figured out. She has it all figured out. Vanish Choice is right. I remember when I was in fifth grade, speaking of someone who's been around my whole life, <laughs> that's when Vanna was an it girl for a moment. Vanna Speaks. Vanna Speaks. Oh. She had a TV movie where she played an angel. There was oh like one year where Vanna White was hot. And then she was like, fuck this. I can make all my money. She's like, fuck it. I'm just letters. spending my letters 36 days a yeah. year. I don't need to do this. Show. Why do I need? Why am I doing a movie? I just need to ding these letters 36 days that a year. That is amazing. That's just over a month yeah. of work. Just wow. over a month. But that also means Pat makes up yeah. for the same. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Five days more than a month. And this bitch makes $4 million a year. Jesus. Can you imagine? Vanda White. What? Oh, Van oh, Why so aren't drag queens dressing as Vanna White? That's a good question. Just bring in, just bring like a Rubik's cube, yeah. cube of numbers <laughs> or letters. Oh God, my brain. Oh, that is not the first time oh. today. This is why I'm not making four million dollars a year. This <laughs> one. <laughs> um. So, I want to talk about. I already kind of spoiled this to Mimi last night, but. Uh, my tummy was upset on Sunday, <laughs> and um, Josh realized I had never seen March of the Penguins. Oh, it's so good. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to put on March of the Penguins, and you're going to feel better. And he put on March of the Penguins, and I spent the afternoon watching penguins live and die. It didn't make me feel necessarily better, because it was very sad, guys. Did like, one of them get like, lost or something? I feel like there was one sad story. The, there were many sad <laughs> stories. There is one that, like, there's a shot where it's like, this guy was left behind. He's so oh. far behind the pack that he's probably not going to make it. And then the shot is him, like, him or her, they all look the same, um, walk behind an iceberg, and then he just never goes to the other side of that little iceberg. Oh, no. It's very sad. Um, and there was then a one sequel, gets, right? Oh, sorry. oh, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay. They Guys, brought him I back. Made it. I made it. Um, anyway, if you have not seen March of the Penguins, or even if you just need like a nice afternoon okay. of watching some animals doing animal things that you don't or that you're amazed by, and it's just just a nice time, I suggest watching March of the Penguins. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but was there a sequel? Yeah, I think so. There was. Yeah. 
So now you have to watch Smarts yeah. and Penguins too. We just heard um, from someone that the only animals that help members of the pack when they fall ill are humans, dolphins, and elephants. Interesting. And that like every other animal is like girl, not only girl by, but we're going to kill you probably, <laughs> including dogs. Oh. Yeah. Penguins too, I guess. Anyway, these are our wigs, so let's cheer up. Do you have one? I do. I brought a few. Oh, go for it. Um, I thought it'd be... Let's see. What do I want to start with? I guess I'll, we talked about it offline, but Barry. We Barry. Are, Paul and I are behind, but episode five? Yeah. We just watched, and... Um, I was not aware, as we started it, Paul was like, oh, I've heard this episode's good, but I, I hadn't read it or heard anything about it, but it's sort of, it's so different and unique and takes you off in this different direction within that series that it reminds me of, I said afterwards, like there was a great Six Feet Under back in the day where one whole episode, the brother is just kidnapped in a van sort of oh, by a heroin addict. Do you remember that? I remember that. And I remember like being like, what is going on? This is not a normal episode. And it just goes off in this crazy direction where you're like on the edge of your seat the whole time. <laughs> or True Detective when there's that crazy episode where they do the raid. Right. Or Atlanta when he has that episode where he's like the Michael Jackson-esque character. I just love when there's an episode within a series that is different. They just make the decision like, yeah. we're going to go We're going to go this way. And you're just in it for the ride. You know, it was another one was the, um, it's such a yeah. weird out there series that we watch, but forever with um, Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. And oh, that was, yeah. It's incredible. And another one that's totally different, but also reminded me of this is, and I know you watch Girls to the End, right? Uh-huh. The one with Matthew Rise, where she... Yeah, where the the dick one. I showed you, yeah. yeah. Where that it's was just one like of the best episodes of She enters series. a house, and you're with her the whole time. It's a whole different kind of episode within the series. Yeah. And it really works on its own. Yeah. And that's what this reminded me of. Like, you could just show someone this episode of Barry without having seen the rest. And Absolutely. Be like, oh, this is fucking crazy. Well, it's such a great, uh, like, observation yeah. because... When you care enough about characters because you've been mm. watching them for multiple seasons, you'll want to see them go through anything. And so if you could take it away from their normal right. routine, of course, it's going to be that much more enticing if you do it right. Although I don't know if I've ever seen one done poorly. It's such a great like yeah. it's and, and everyone does it now. But it's a great device because you can go so many weird yeah. different ways. And that's what I think makes easy yeah. so great, too, which I need to catch up yeah. on is that easy is just like multiple standalones that are always so satisfying when you're done. And that's why you like high maintenance. Yeah. Right? yeah. I love standalones, and I, but I, what I like about this is, so for anyone who has not seen it, basically, like, you know the story of Barry. He's a, he's a hitman in an acting class in L.A., and Henry Winkler's in it. And this episode doesn't have any of those elements. Like, he mm -hmm. just goes kind of on this crazy, violent... And chase? There's, a, there's <laughs> an amazing yeah. actor who plays this, like... Taekwondo yeah. master. It's He's very like, like Tarantino esque. Yes, with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. In it's not him. It, it but just it, feels different yeah. than the rest. But it's you are on the edge of your seat and you do not know where it's going. And it's like what? And Bill Hader directed it. He's. I am so impressed by him, I am especially too. for two reasons. Because Barry is an incredible series. Oh. I've enjoyed every episode truly, um, and also. I like that he talks about how 
SNL was basically one big anxiety pile for him. Yeah. And he, like, obviously thrived, but he said that he was, like, the most anxious he ever was in his life. And I feel like talking about those kind of things where it's just, like, he should have, in our minds, felt amazing, be like, being on SNL and all this stuff. She's like, no, it's high pressure. And he felt terrible the whole mm. time. But he's still thriving. Like, yeah. I feel like that's just a really incredible narrative for him to share with people, yeah. you know? He um, seems like such a decent guy. He does. I hope I hope he is. I hope he is, too. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> no, it's um, I have... Uh, I just showed both Nick and Lindsay a short uh, called Rachel, and it stars John Early and Kate Berlant, um, and they are frequent collaborators. If you haven't heard of either of them, Kate has been on Easy, which I just mentioned, BoJack Horseman, and the other two. She um, has done character roles, but she's always shines in them. And John has been in a little bit more. He did a show called The Characters on Netflix. He did an episode that was outstanding. He's on Search Party. He's been on Difficult People. They're both awesome on Twitter, so if you need a new like Twitter follow that doesn't want to make you blow your brains out of your head, jo uh, John and Kate are fantastic, but they made this short. Um, John and Kate. Oh, no! Hmm. Uh, plus eight. <laughs> Sorry, that's just the observation I made right there. Um, they also collaborated on a short before this called How Have You Been, which is really funny, but this one is not funny. <laughs> it's uncomfortably funny at times, um, but I will just, I don't want to say more than check it out. Like, just Google Rachel Short or Rachel and John Early, and it'll come up. It's a Vimeo link. We'll put it in the website. Do we still have a website? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, no, but I want to post the summer mix there, too, so I will try to do that. But if I can't, honestly, do yourself a favor. It's 11 minutes, and I'll let you two just say how you felt about it without spoiling. I won't spoil. <laughs> I can't believe it was 11 minutes. It felt shorter than that. It did. Yeah, it that's, felt like there, it was that's like... That's something to say because some shorts feel a lot longer real than long. <laughs> they're yeah. supposed to be. Um, I'll say that it was creepy, but not like I wanted to crawl out of my skin creepy. It was like creepy in the way that I just really wanted to know what happens. Yeah. Um, which I think is great filmmaking. Yeah, I think... Shorts are so hard to pull off, and I think one this one when Paul Sounded showed dirty, us by the way. <laughs> that really did. <laughs> but pants are easy. <laughs> um, but uh, this one, I was definitely they they laid down a thread that I was following to the end. Yeah, like you're yeah. you're sort of in suspense. The only other thing I would mention is stay tuned through the credits. Stay tuned through the credits. Um, and also, I was on an improv team with the director. Oh, yeah. So good job, Andy oh. DeYoung. Uh, when I got ripped off that improv team, <gasps> he called me and he said, I thought it was going to be me. Oh. Very sweet. Was he in the short, too, or he just directed No, it? he's a director. Um, good guy. And beautifully directed. No, he's, yeah. a great he's, he's truly a great director. It was really well directed. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, this is a book I finished a little while ago, but I, um, I thought your audience would be interested, is You Know You Want This by Kristen Raponian? Raponian? UJ, stop it! 
She had a short story called Cat Person that was in New York, The New Yorker, I think, last year that caused a little bit of a sensation. But I think you would really like this book. Yeah. It's a bunch of short stories, and it's all, it's usually man, woman, but it's like very much like, it's very dark. Oh, then I'm very into it. Very dark, but it has a sense of humor. What's it called again? You Know You Want This. Okay. Very good. Okay. Yeah, the first, and they're all, speaking of shorts, they're actually like, some of them are just a couple pages, but you read them, I'm like, damn. Like, one I went back and reread. That's amazing. Yeah, very much like bizarre, interesting, dark relationships. Oh, and the so into it. The centerpiece story, Cat Person, is awesome. It's about like a guy and girl dating, and it sort of switches their perspectives. Mm -hmm. Very good book. I will definitely check that out. I need a new book. Um, I've been reading too much YA. Um, is it my turn? It's my turn. Uh, so Big Little Lies is back, which I think all three of us are watching, mm -hmm. correct? And I will say, if you want to look at a show that does a really great job post-source material, mm. it's only been two episodes, but I would... I would yeah. there there's not much well there is much to spoil but I won't say anything uh of the second episode or even the first. I will just say that Meryl Streep is a vision. She's incredible. I could watch her and Reese Witherspoon in a scene all day every day. Mm -hmm. Um and Meryl just makes such small choices that sometimes when she's like she's the actress of a generation I'm like relax. And then she mm -hmm. does things. I'm like, no, don't relax. She yeah. truly is amazing. Yeah. Um, so that is my, like, my biggest, like, TV, yes, I'm into this. Mm -hmm. I think the writers are doing a great job. And this is what you do after the source material is gone, Game of Thrones. You bring in Meryl. And it sounds like Handmaid's so. Well, they had a full season without the source material. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like they needed one more season. <laughs> they needed Meryl. Yeah. <laughs> if Meryl came into Handsmaid's Tale. Oh, my God. Amazing. Especially if she, like, played a bad guy, you'd be rooting on the bad oh, side. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know there's going to be one episode of Big Little Lies this season that's going to make us all lose our hair, right? Like, I'm just bracing myself oh my for, like, the one where, like. They do Meryl's flashback story or oh, something. Oh, forget it. It's all Meryl. <laughs> I wonder what the author thinks. She was part of the second season, I think. Yeah. I think she helped craft it. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you have any more? Um, I was going to... Which one do I want to throw out there? You can do all of them. Yeah? Fine. All right. Um, Miley Cyrus. I love her new EP. She um, is coming. I drove past a billboard tonight that had a phone number on yeah, it. Yeah, it's really did funny. You call it? No. I want to call. Um, I never thought 10 years ago that I would be loving Miley Cyrus's work. No, I know. But here I am. She is coming. <laughs> like, the album, Catitude, we talked about. That's her song through Paul. That's kind of a funny throwaway. But the other songs on it are really good. And the last song, and there's only five or six, but the last song is a ballad, and it's my favorite song of the moment. I agree. It's, it's so good. so good. I, apparently, she's going to release two more EPs, and then it'll make a full album. Oh. Yeah. That's what Donnie told me. That it'll That's be brilliant. Like two more two more. Of she's coming. Lives. She's here. Yeah. She is. Um, but I agree. I think she yeah. sounds amazing. I think the songwriting's great. I love the producing. Yeah. I 
I want more. Party up the street, another good one. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly throw out. I, it's kind of like already gone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But Booksmart is a fabulous, fabulous movie that should make. We should all be rushing to and supporting because it was so well done. Um, and Olivia directed the hell out of it. All the acting performances are great. It feels like the first thing I've seen in a while where I'm like, oh God, you know what? The kids are all right. I was like, I'm always like, oh no, doom and gloom for like, no, they're actually pretty, they're in good shape. And granted, it's a portrayal of where they're at, but I'm sure it's written by people that know real kids Mm. and the kids are all right. Um, And because Nick is here and you can roll out your eyes all you want, this past week was the best episode of The Real Housewives of New York in... Yeah. No, Lily, it was so good. <laughs> it was. So it makes me good. so happy to have you here yeah. right now because she can roll her eyes, but I have somebody else that can just back me up. This season of Housewives is like what you all want a Game of Thrones to be. <laughs> <laughs> it is people from different dynasties <laughs> clashing and fighting and and fulfilling endings. Yeah. And it's not even done. It's to be continued. We still have more to come. But there was a massive uh like it, 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 in terms of the fights which I know you make you uncomfortable, it was like 5 minutes of just truth being told. So much so that all the other housewives that were there that weren't the target of it were all like like, not even chiming in. They were just like, you need to hear this. Like, this is real. Like, this is who you are. But what was extra special about this fight <laughs> was I also sometimes got uncomfortable. Like, I'm like, oh, God, why am I, like, enjoying this? Because it could be so nasty. This fight, actually, I feel like it was Bethany breaking it down for Luann. And I do not feel like Bethany was unnecessarily nasty to her or mean. She kind of was... It's the first time I've seen Bethany being like, you hurt me. I was vulnerable. And this is... Like, I don't know. I feel like the fight felt like she was coming from a very hurt place. Yes. And usually they're on attack. Yes. And they're just, you know, but... Yeah. And Luann is just gone from being one of my favorite housewives to, like, I she's know. lost the plot. It's it's such a It's such a shame, but it's also fabulous to watch. Yeah. <laughs> It's really watching this woman become a narcissist in front of your very eyes, Luann. But she wasn't. She wasn't already a narcissist. She was, but she was fun, and she. It's so interesting. The thing is, the thing (laughs) is, you can't write these kind of characters. She was always a narcissist. However, she had alcohol to be addicted to, and now that the alcohol is gone, she's addicted to herself. Uh, And she's super judgmental of everyone else. And she's no. Because they drink. Because she drink, they're drinking. She'll make, she'll call them out if they drink are a little too, too, too drunk. She is like that cliche, like she's reformed, and now everyone better pay attention to her, and she's better than everyone else in the room. Oh no! And Bethany calls her out, big time. Because Bethany also lost a dear friend, like died. Well, her fiance. Well, that's also up. To oh, her. I no, see. No, no, no. Very no. controversial. <laughs> <laughs> There's some rumors out there that she might have bought that ring. Uh-huh. Anyway, oh, boy. Um, anyway, it's great television, and uh, it is Peak Housewives, which the best thing about Peak Housewives is that it, is that it happens every season. <laughs> it. Um, okay. Um, I'm just going to say I'm not mad about the Jonas Brothers album. Uh-uh. Not at all. It's so good. Oh. It is a summer jam-filled album. And you know what? They love their wives, and those wives are on display and powerful women, and 
I'm into the Joe Bros. And you know what? Even the the not so good looking Kevin? Joe's brothers is looking good. I know. <laughs> They're all He's back. <laughs> just fine. Are we entirely on board with Priyanka? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Okay. I think something's a little off there. <laughs> Expand. I wish I could. There's something I see in those eyes that I'm like, I don't trust this. I don't trust you. I don't know something about her. I don't like it. I disagree. I think that she and Nick are so in love, and they're just like the Indian and Joe Bro <laughs> grand, like, mad, 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 just, yeah. I think it was her 71 questions. Did you see her 71 questions? I did. She seems uh, shady. All right. <laughs> Have you watched Kim's? It's oh, like watching no. a mannequin try to uh, be a human. Like, but we can agree that Kim can be a decent human sometimes. Yes. Kardashian. <laughs> like, well, she's not our favorite, but she's fine. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's just a hard format. Yeah. You have to be Ooh. a really charming, off-the-cuff person to pull that off. It was also probably, it behooved people to get in on that format early. Yeah. Before it became, like, a thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Jonas Bowe song I love, which is only human, yeah. is on the music for summer mix, which has gone live on Spotify. Woo-hoo. We will post that. It's it's right now. Well, it'll be gone, but, but when this episode, you know, we'll leave it up for a little bit. It'll be in the link in our Instagram if you want it. It's there. Um, I will also put it on the website, but check it out. It is two hours and fifty one minutes of summer bops, and including. My final wig, which is my song of the summer. I'm making already. Well, listen. I'm now know wow. well enough. I know well enough then to predict the song of the summers. I don't know. If it's June, Paul. Yeah. It's summer. We're in summer. Usually, you wait to the end. No, I don't. I'm always like one of the first. We to have go. to have a way of discussing this without exploding. Any you're event. not. You're not in any event. In any event, you're not predicting. You're saying this is your song. Of this the is my song of the summer. Because I don't even think I want to predict anymore. If I were to predict, I would say it's Old Town Road at this point. Because it's that yeah. song that like everyone's listening to. Which I will say is a surprisingly really good video. I don't mind the song. I, I actually kind of like the, the song. The video is funny. Is it? Yeah, I watched it this week and I'm like, oh, they have a sense of humor about this. Oh, well, it started with a... Because it, the, the guy that did the original, yeah. you know, like, I don't remember his name. But he has a really funny Twitter feed. Before, the singer? Lil yeah, Nas? Lil Nas. Is that his name? Yeah, he yeah. started on Twitter. He's super funny. Okay, that makes um, sense because the video is very. Chris Rock is in it. Yeah, he's, for a little bit. He's a very funny. Like he was a Twitter personality, and I only know because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and I looked it up. But he's very funny. Okay, I'm also too old to guess what the yeah. song's gonna be. Like every pop star right now has 17 consonants and one vowel in their name, so I can't guess anymore. So my, I'm declaring for me at this point the song that I'm just going to want to hear every time it comes on this summer. This is huge. Is Baby by Clean Bandit, Marina, and Louise Fonsi. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about consonants. <laughs> um, you will love it when you hear it. Marina it used to be Marina and the okay. Diamonds. Okay. And it's her and Louise Fonsi who is Despacito and many other songs. Oh. And Clean Bandit is this DJ group that puts it all together. Um, they put a little video together which has a really kind of special lack of awareness going on where Marina, Luis, 
and like every actor in it has no idea that they can't act. <laughs> and they're all doing like a really kind of like cute. The video itself is like a funny little like mm-hmm. idea where it's a it's a wedding between Luis and another woman and Marina's officiating, but there is a former woman, there's a woman who used to date the girl that comes in to try to break up the wedding. Okay. And they that, that's the story, but no one can act. <laughs> but it's still like so charming and colorful and the song works mm. that I kind of love it. Um, and the little fun fact I have for this is that, as I said, Luis Fonsi, um, he's the guy from Despacito, which was the song of the summer two years ago or last year? I'm gonna say two, two years, years ago. ago. The video for the original Despacito, which was just Luis and Daddy Yankee. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many views it got on YouTube? 20 million. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're off. 6.2 billion oh my God. views for Despacito. So I then was like, well, how many views did the version with Justin Bieber get? And I went and I looked it up on YouTube, and there was never a video made for it. But oh. somebody made a video oh my God. with Justin Bieber's old footage, because this is how much time everyone else has yeah. right now. That video has 14 million views. A fake video. A fake video for Despacito. Wow. And that's just where I'm going to end my thoughts this week. <laughs> We're inside of the Upside Down. But that song is also on the summer mix, Baby. Baby We're love it. is, okay, it's on the summer <laughs> mix. The You'll see. You'll see. Um, so my last uh, popped cork, <laughs> according to my outline, but it's my flipped wig. Um, Nini invited me That's to a... a this was, yeah, this yeah. is on mine. Amazing. Okay. Well, we can discuss. Yeah. So um, Nick invited me to a one-woman show that was by Julia Sweeney, who... I think people probably know that listen to our podcast, but if you don't, uh, she is best known for her time on Mm -hmm. SNL, and she was Pat. And Pat was, like, one of the characters, like, one of the first SNL characters that I ever knew. Yeah. And so when Nick invited me to go to the show, I was like, sure, I'll go see a one-woman show by Julia Sweeney. Which is why I love you. And, like, (laughs) bye. See ya. No, stay, stay, stay. Um, so anyway, it was a lovely, wonderful show, and I really enjoyed myself. And this story was that of her finding love at like forty-ish yeah. after she had already adopted a daughter from China, and then moving to Michigan, yeah. and living in Michigan for like ten plus years, raising her daughter. And her doing the show is kind of telling those stories and then coming back to L.A. She had so many wonderful anecdotes as, like, a mother and a wife and a, and a creative and all that stuff. I just loved it. I oh, thought it was really wonderful. I love that. Yeah. It's in my flipped wigs, too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I agree with everything you just said. And I thought, I just think it's so nice to see an older performer on stage in LA. Absolutely. Telling their story and it was an older audience. Yeah. And I just loved being in that vibe. And they came out for it. Yeah. I like it felt like I was trying to articulate this afterwards, but it just felt like we we're at like a friend's house and she was telling us a story yeah. of her last ten years and it wasn't like totally polished. 
and some jokes didn't totally land. Right. But I kind of like that in the end. Like, it just felt like a friend talking. I agree. And even the jokes, I feel like the, some of the jokes that didn't land, she acknowledged. She's like, that, okay, I, I won't use that next time, yeah. you know? Or like my husband yeah. said that that wasn't going to work yeah. either. And it just, once I clicked into like, oh, let me just listen to this, like, friend tell the story of her last 10 years. Yeah. Um, was really, yeah, it was really, like, different. And, and what a cool 10 years it yeah, was. Yeah, like, it just, it was, uh, yeah, everything she said I was so interested in. Yeah. I saw her, what I thought was her one-woman show, which I think is the most famous from a while ago, called God Said Ha, mm -hmm. which was about her battling cancer. But as she talked, I'm like, actually, I don't think I saw that show. <laughs> I saw her other one about how she became an atheist. But that one was very, like, small theater. I remember her sitting and very, like, one-woman performance. Mm -hmm very theatrical and this was more like stand-up style where yeah. she was walking around the stage of the mic but still not a stand-up routine no it was more like storytelling yeah. with punchlines totally yeah that's exactly yeah. what it was storytelling with punchlines yeah. it was like all funny stories yeah. nothing was too heavy yeah it but good. it was nice to hear especially at Largo where I've seen some com like comedy shows in the past couple of years where it wasn't like based on what's going on in pop culture now right. or you know, like, it, it didn't go into these different typical comedian arenas. It was just like, this is what I've been doing, and that yeah. it was really funny to hear. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. And I would imagine perspective that you probably have not heard in a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> How old is she? In her 50s? She's almost 60. She's almost 60, yeah. Like, hearing, I mean, you think about how many... I always bring it back to men, but that's where I go. But, like, how many, like, sort of 60-year-old men are looked to for their experience? Right. And, like, tell me about how you became a CEO or how you stayed. How did you stay yeah. in, the, in this business this long, white man? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, how few women get to go up on a stage and command a stage where they get to tell their story, no matter what their story is. Too. The thing is, too, she, I looked her up on IMDb mm -hmm. Pro last night when I got home, and I was like, does she still have reps? She does. Mm. She's still at WME. Like, she's still commanding mm. people in this town, yeah. and obviously, like, I feel like if a woman were to usually say, bye, I'm going to go raise my adopted daughter in Michigan with my mm -hmm. new husband or whatever, then she would never, ever work in this town again, and she somehow kept it going, yeah. you know? And I think that that is so incredible. Yeah. And to think that while she was gone, all she was doing was amassing experience mm -hmm. from a part of the country that is entirely not heard from a lot. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to hear exactly what she's saying right now? Yeah. Like how I love that. Like yeah. the minute you leave Hollywood, you are you're dead. When it's like, wait, if someone leaves, God, don't you want to know what they were fucking doing because they weren't here <laughs> talking about yeah. themselves in the vacuum? Uh, it's no. called Older and Wider. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good title. Yeah. Um, I have one final one. Give it to us. And I'm, I'm, I'm promoting my own company a little bit. We love that. We love that. <laughs> we do. We do it all the time. <laughs> um, so I work for um, this YouTube, these YouTube stars who have their own channel called The Try Guys, and they put out videos every week that are, they range from very silly to uh, a little bit more educational, but this week they did something different, which is one of them came out of the closet officially, Eugene Lee Yang 
I'm Gay is all the video is called. And it's sort of a, a, it's a music video where he tells his story through dance. And I think it's super fascinating and amazing. So I'll put it out there for people to, we'll to look up. up. We'll, we will update the website this yeah. week with that, with Rachel, and yeah. with the playlist. Yeah. So go to wigsandweiss.com. And you will see all of those things um, and really do check all of them out because it is an incredible video and something that blew me away knowing your role in it too. Like how much time and effort went into something that really you didn't have a lot of time to do. And um, he basically, if you go watch this video, he did this video with two days rehearsal and two days of shooting. And he's not a trained dancer when you watch it. And he Just is not so a trained you know. dancer. And that's it crazy. It's a really, really beautiful video. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. This was baby. so fun. Um, I feel like I've shared I've shared your name so many times, and it's nice that the people get to hear you. Um, because it's so you good are to be here. Wonderful. And you were very uh, we're very grateful that you could be here with us tonight to share your insights Me too. and thoughts. And this will not be the last time that you'll hear from Nick. And Josh will be back sometime, too. I feel like Josh and I need to come on together. Oh, boy. That would be interesting. Yeah. We, we would need to figure out how to do more mics. Um, I just don't... I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. No, we don't. I, I, do, I kind of rely on... I, I sent Lindsay an email this week of, like, all the things we still want to do, and I was just like, get on Spotify. <laughs> Also, Which wanna, shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> but everyone keeps saying, how do I listen to you on Spotify? And I'm like, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of my favorite things about tonight is Lily made a lovely dinner beforehand. Aww. And she's done this whole podcast in her apron. I just <laughs> noticed that. <laughs> I looked down, she, <laughs> like midway through, I'm like, I'm protecting yeah. my clothing. Yeah. She cooked I, dinner, and then she came in, and she set up for the podcast, <laughs> and we went right to work. By the way... <laughs> All of my clothes have grease stains on them. And now I'm like, I don't want all of my uh, clothes to have grease stains on them anymore. So I wear aprons. And, and I mean, it actually has made me think, like, I need to wear aprons. You should. We you really should. I have grease stains on yes, all of I my clothes. Yes, I do too. Because I don't wear aprons. Do I have to listen to this? Yeah. What a riveting way to end the episode. <laughs> um, Wigs, thank you so much for listening, as always. Um, and uh, we are, Lindsay and I are going to be going on a little creative summit where we're going to be putting, um, we know we've been away a while, we say this every time, but we really are going to be focusing on being here at least every two weeks um, and putting out some episodes that are a little more evergreen, um, just talking about all sorts of stuff. It's going to be great. Don't worry. We promise. Um, but the other fun thing that I just want to say right now that I just noticed is that this is our 80th episode. What? 8-0. So... If you love us, and we hope you do, take the time, please. We always need it to rate and review. That never goes away. That's the only way our number, our, our show gets pushed on iTunes. Um, but even more so, tell a friend. Just say, hey, when you're having lunch with somebody, we have this uh, this podcast I listen to. I listen to it in the background. It's funny. It's light. Just give it, give it away. Give it to somebody. Because <laughs> we would really appreciate that. We always like new listeners. And... Um, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Thank you again, Nick. Thank for you being so here. much for having me. Thank you, Nini. This was we so love fun. You. Love you guys. And we're going to play you out on some classic Madge as approved by Nick Rufka. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You think that I can live with
It takes more strength. 